side of us. You could, you could kind of see the thing moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew, I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, in the whole night, that this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black thing, is all I can Squatch DTV, exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch DTV for today's date, April 4th, 2021. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. I'm your host, your guy, the Squatch Detective Steve Coles, along with, well, my co-host down there, Mr. Chris Bennett. How are you tonight, Chris? Steve, we're doing good, man. I'll tell you what, I didn't get no chocolate rabbit today, but that's okay. I'm trying to drop a few pounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Kind of miss hunting eggs, so yeah, it's all right. And, of course, we're joined by our guest today, oh. all the way down there, Mr. Jeff Thomas. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Steve and Chris. Pookie and Welcome. Chip. Yeah, Pookie and Chip. Remember that? God, that goes back years. I don't know who invented it, but I'm the only one that's keeping it alive. <laughs> and you know, it's uh wow, it's been a long, long, uh long ride. Of course, I see you and John Wilker back at it again in the chat room. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Uh, of course. A lot of people in the chat. Hey, guys. Yeah, let's do the old roll call tonight. We got Am and Chris who said, who put Statler and Waldorf on the title card? <laughs> Welcome, Am and Chris. 
Uh, that, that's right. We're now on the title. If you look in the upper right-hand corner, now Chris and me are now in the title card. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, of course, we got we got B. Happy oh. Easter, B. Hi, B. And uh, Western New York Bigfoot Research Organization oh, got right. here early to get a good seat. Welcome, Western New York Bigfoot Research Organization. Of course, we got OT in the house. OT, welcome. Good to see you. Jimmy Trick. Of course, Diane Trick. Hi, Jimmy. Diane. Is Charlie here? Is John Wilk. John Wilk says nothing. <laughs> uh, John Swan. Hello, John. Good to see you. Hey, John. Of course, we got Mike in there. Hello, Tack. Come on, Tack. Good to see you, Mike. Mr. Charlie Wonton in there. Yeah, there's Charlie. I knew he was. I knew he'd be lurking somewhere. Of course, our friend from overseas, Aaron. 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 In well, the house. Good to see you, Aaron. Tom is in the house. Terry. Hey, Hello, Terry. Terry. And uh, that's who's checked in so far. All right. So, oh, here we go. Ron Bowles is in the house this time. Hey, Ron. Time. That's oh, right. Yeah. Another another week and a half. Another another uh, 10 days. I'll be on the road. On the road because I'm going to see Mr. Bennett first. And we got, of course, David Wickham in the house. Hello, David. Hi, Dave. Welcome, bud. So Good to see you. Well, well, I hope everybody uh, had a very uh, good Easter Sunday with their families, uh, if you celebrate Easter. Um, unfortunately, uh, Sherry had to go work today because, you know, sometimes when you're a nurse, duty calls. That's so right. That's what happened. So uh, so if there's a kerfuffle here in a little while, I mean, she's just walking in the door. So you know, the, you know the dogs. I got, I, I got a huge, I got a huge yeah. German Shepherd running around here. She's not loud, mm. but the uh, the little one, Mister Watson, is gets to be a mouth. Yeah, yeah. isn't it kind of weird? The smaller the dog is, it seems like the bigger the bark, or or the more often the bark. I don't know. And, well, we had, to, I actually had to force him to bark for the longest time. He wouldn't bark. He just. You know, just look. <laughs> right. You know, with with the last little little Yorkies, you know, of course they're just as cute as could yep. be. But we got one little one named Otis, and he's got such a deep voice when he Otis. barks. Instead of instead of yapping, he goes woof woof woof. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that sound should not be coming from this dog. You know. Well, well, here's the thing. Watson is a Shih Tzu, and mm. we've taught him how to howl. Mm. Oh, so he no. throws his head back and goes, Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> his little shih tzu yeah, yeah, oh, man. So, but he only does it when he wants something. We love our pups. We do. Yes, we do. So, so Jeffrey, how are you, brother? I'm doing fantastic. Happy Easter to one and all. So, Thank you, uh, sir. Welcome hopefully. to your lowest attended Squatch D TV show in history of ever. Oh no. No, no, not, no, 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 no. I'm looking at the numbers where no, this is not the lowest attended one. No. Uh that would no, I'm not gonna even say who that was. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but anyway, uh, so what's what's new with you? What's going going on? Uh there's nothing new. Um COVID's you know, got everybody. COVID's got everybody, and, and I even I, I had several messages on my own Bigfoot page not too long ago wondering if we were still active. And I had to, you know, be honest with you and say, look, the pandemic has got us all down. You you can't meet with anyone. You can't go anywhere. And if you do, you have to follow so many restrictions. And it's really putting a damper on just getting back out into the woods. Conferences and getting together with people and networking just came to a sudden halt. And the, the, the horrible part about that was I had just started in 2019 to get invited to speak at conferences. And then 
everything stops. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So no well, more we, of that. And hopefully, you know, hopefully this year we're, we're, we're going to attend yeah. the uh, Ohio Bigfoot conference coming up here soon. And then hopefully this year, everything else will get kicking because we're planning on Mothman and we're planning on yeah. OVC and then we'll see what else comes into the cards after that. So uh, a couple of more people have wandered in. Of course, Bob Lemley. Hello, Bob. Hey, welcome, Bob. And happy Easter year to your, Thomas, Mr. Steenberg Thomas? in the house. Good Mr. Steve, Steenberg. And uh, <laughs> John Swan said, you want low attendance? Bring on a flat earther. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, you know, and John will, again, with no comment. <laughs> I, 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 Just crop I, him completely out. No, you know, I think Facebook might just be auto- Auto auto uh, deleting his comments. That <laughs> <laughs> really he just got into Facebook jail. Oh, For no. what I don't know. I mean, John of all people getting into Facebook jail is kind of funny in itself. <laughs> no, but... I'm sure he'll blame me for cropping his comments completely out of the conversation. <laughs> I love you, Wilk. I miss your face. I hate your guts. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> But uh, Tom Conley uh, made, made a comment. Hello, Tom. Good to see you. Tom. Says three trailheads in the Adirondacks have a reservation system now for hiking. Yeah, that's actually in the Keene Valley uh, area. And if you've ever driven uh, Keene Valley uh, without the reservation system, it is quite cagey during the spring and summer times because as you drive down, it's not the widest road in the world. Wow. It is a paved road. It's double laned. But... Um, uh, as you drive through it, there are cars and people walking all over the place. So it gets kind of hairy there and, uh, not, not in the Sasquatch, uh, not in the Sasquatch, uh, mentality either. It, it's just, so they've created a reservation system kind of to limit the vehicles parked illegally on the sides of the road and causing traffic jams. Cause if a truck goes through there and literally that is the only road going into that area mm. uh, or parts of the middle Adirondacks. Um, if, if a truck goes in there and you got cars parked on both sides of the, it's going to cause quite a, quite a foul up. So, yeah, I could see uh, that. It's kind of, it seems kind of weird though. You have to make a reservation to go, go hiking, <laughs> but, uh, I can understand that. That makes, puts a little more, uh, a little explanation to it. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. But uh, at least my areas that I, I go in the Adirondacks, we don't have that system in. Um, and uh, John Bush is in the house. Hello, John. Hey, welcome, John. <coughs> and, and John also said he knows why he knows why. I know why. I know. <laughs> and Mr. Pat Cassidy's in the house. Hey, welcome, and, uh, Patrick. Hey, Good pa to see Patrick. You. Well, thank you. Uh, we glad you. We, we we're uh, we're glad you love the show, and of course. We have the greatest audience in the world, of course. Oh, so. yes. We we love having each and every one of you. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. it. You guys are just friends, and we're all sitting around at the bar having a, a good common uh, yeah. a good common conversation. So, and I, yeah, I can never brag on, on our listeners enough because these guys come up with the greatest questions and, you know, man, just topics, boom, boom, boom. You guys, I, you know, there, there are shows out there that have listeners that are like, you know, blah, and <laughs> our listeners are like, bang super on topic man <laughs> i love you guys yeah and you know like i said i love this 
over the blog talk thing because you know blog talk you used to have to register for to get into the chat mm -hmm. and that was a pain to a lot of people oh there's another account i gotta join and then the other way is just calling in and some people just don't like to call into shows and then you know then we would yeah. get the crack pots that would call in every once in a while that yeah. was always interesting yeah and there, there would be times when uh you know there's people and all of a sudden we would get not one but we get like four and five all at the same time like it's a bunch of people or it's the same person just yeah calling over and over again they got to get a life so i remember there was one guy called in with a story and it turned out he was like uh, bigfoot's uh unwelcomed prom date or something yeah exactly yeah that guy actually um called a few times over the years um whatever <laughs> guys gotta you know i i, I guess when you you That's sit in your funny. mom's when you sit in your mom's basement and watch internet porn all the time I mean, you got nothing better to do but yeah the show. i guess i guess <laughs> Must be. one of the best blog talk secrets that i never told anybody so especially like when Abe would have his show, he would have giveaways and he would put out a trivia question and the first to answer correctly would win a prize. Mm -hmm. You did it a couple of times, Steve, I think. <laughs> what nobody understood was if you logged into Blog Talk through Skype, you actually got the show about 10 seconds before everyone online did. Oh, so man. I would see the question. Ooh. If I didn't already know it, Google it, find the answer, type it in, and everyone else was just getting the question. I won so many books. I won so you see many t-shirts. You, you see that? Oh. Jeff was cheating. That's oh, what the cheating. investigator does, my friend. <laughs> A real researcher knows the best way to get around. Oh, well. <laughs> All those t-shirts. Uh, I yes, stole yeah. Bill Green's book, too. So oh, yeah, Bill Green. Poor Bill Green. Oh, yeah. I hadn't seen Bill in a long time. I hope he's doing okay. He pops into Facebook every now and then and then just disappears for another six months. He pops yeah. in and, and, of course, with the famous question, he pops on Facebook. Yeah. yeah I can, I can People get busy. You know, it's not easy uh, to stay uh, focused on the topic uh, 24 you know what, seven days a week. <laughs> you know why we don't see Henry May very much is because Sunday's the big TV night. You know, you got the Walking Dead, Fear the Walking oh, Dead. Yeah. You know, mother of yeah. the Walking Dead, you know. Yeah, he yeah. hasn't learned on demand yet. Yeah, you can yes. watch that. My wife watched that days ago on demand. So well, Walking Dead versus Godzilla, you know, stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> oh, <clears throat> Godzilla versus Kong. It was pretty dang good, man. No spoilers. I haven't seen it. Okay. okay. No, no, no spoilers. No, no spoilers. But it was a you know very enjoyable flick. Yeah. yeah. I heard it was fun for fun's sake. Don't go there expecting to see Shakespeare. Go there expecting to see no. monsters so, fight. So while yeah. we're on the topic of film, because one of the things we one of the things we always try to do is warm the audience up with maybe a little talk on film once in a while. We get a little off to that topic stuff, kind of. So um, you know, it's occasionally it's the weather, and you know, you know, you know, you got to understand when it comes to weather, though humans have a natural defense of weather. And you know what it is? They complain about it. <laughs> it's too hot. It's too cold. That's their natural defense for weather. They complain about it. But, um, uh, yeah, that was a great. Have any, has anybody seen the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League? No. I tried, no. man. I tried. But I, I just two nights in a row, I went to sleep both times. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It's like over four hours long. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to say, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, I, a lot of people don't like the DC films as far as like the, the Superman line with the Superman, Man of Steel, Superman versus Batman, Justice League. 
I kind of enjoyed them because it, well, it actually shows some depth of the characters rather than just this, yes. you know, I, you know, you know, Marvel does a, an okay job of it, but you know, a lot of their, a lot of their personalities, you don't get deep into their personalities. It's kind of a superficial look. Yeah. You know, maybe a little bit with Tony Stark, but, um, my only problem with the DC films is there's, there's just too many special effects, whereas Marvel has just enough at the right times. Yeah, they don't dive into the characters' backstories as much as DC does, but I'm so overwhelmed by the special effects that it takes away from actually what's going on to me. Yeah. You can't have that much destruction in yeah. a town in Superman. Yeah. You really, you can't have that much destruction and have it go unnoticed, but... It, I will end up seeing the Zack Snyder cut. I've heard it's a completely different movie. Yeah. A wonderful it's, film. It's, uh, I, I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, the only spoiler there, and I don't think it's a spoiler, is, you know, Superman looks badass in the black suit. <laughs> hey, it's, it's cool. Hey, it is cool. Uh, um, so uh, who yeah, else I, is in? I, I watched it twice. You know, I went to sleep both times. Hello, Nikki. But, you know, maybe tonight I can make it. I don't know. <laughs> Prairie Fire in the house, too. Very far. Hey, everybody, see, everybody's. Oh, Nikki. Hi, Nikki. Everybody's wandering in. So, uh, yeah, and, and Adam and Chris says Bruce Wayne is more believable than Tony Stark. I agree. And I, I and, and uh, you know, not not a spoiler, but they kept that line in there. So, what's your superpower? I'm rich. I thought <laughs> that that was a great line, and I I think Affleck does a great job. Uh, you know, he, yeah. You know, yeah, he does. But, he, he's know. a he's a good Bruce Wayne. I, I really. There's yeah. been so many though, you know. But, it just kills me. Yeah. So well, we should get back on the topic oh, of our yeah, hairy yeah, friends, yeah. Uh, so we keep our audience happy. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, you know, we want to start talking. So, Jeff, how did you get involved? We'll start with a typical question: How did you get involved in the Bigfoot, you know, world? And uh, have you had an experience prior? you know, prior to what we're going to talk about tonight and stuff like that. Yes. So uh, much like you, Steve, I was stuck in retail for a couple of decades. I have a college degree in broadcasting, which I never used. I just used it on my resume to get better jobs. And around 2008, 2009, I really started to get bored with retail and wanted to branch out somehow outside of the work world. And I figured one thing that I could do because digital technology was was catching up so well was to make a, a documentary, make a film in some fashion. And I thought, well, you know, what fascination do I have long held over from my childhood that would make an interesting documentary film that there aren't that many out there of? And Bigfoot was the first thing on my mind. So I told myself I would take one year. And this is about in 2009, early 2009. I said, I'm going to take one year. I'm going to save my own funds. I'm going to get investors. I'm going to put a team together and we're going to go out to the Pacific Northwest where that's the only place where Bigfoot exists. And we're going to do a documentary film because there are no other documentary films about Bigfoot. And during that year, I'm also going to do research. Well, very first week, I find out the Pacific Northwest is not the only place that Bigfoot exists. Hmm. There are tons of documentaries out there already. And I really wasn't adding to the research in any way by doing a documentary. Uh, so it just at that point, and luckily I came across the BFRO website instead of uh, searching for Bigfoot website. Um, I, the both come up on a Google search whenever you did it back then in 2009. Yeah. And of course I dove into BFRO first, which had the, the citing listings 
found out I, I didn't have to go very far from my own front porch to go looking for Bigfoot. And once I did, I started going out in the woods. I was going to specific sighting locations listed on the BFRO that I could identify. They did a, a very good job of kind of hiding where some locations were, but there were some where it was an, it was a waterfall. It was a campground that you could wow. identify and find. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to these places and finding out that uh, there was something more to this to find out as, as a, to find out as a researcher that Bigfoot is not just the one creature that lives in the Pacific Northwest, that it's completely countrywide was so eye-opening. You look at the, the woods a completely different way. Once you've realized that you start reading the evidence, you start talking with people and you know, it, it took, it took maybe two weeks before I completely canned the movie idea and became a Bigfoot researcher in 2009, 2010. And that's when I started diving into the blog talk shows because, in, you know, I first, that's an interesting story. I first dove into the BFRO blue forum, which was the, the chat room. Right. And you had to pick your name to go in there and everybody had a, a surname. Everybody had a nickname. And so I had to come up with one real quick. And at that time, my dog's name was shadow. And so I picked the name, the shadow on the blue forum that subsequently became the name I was known by for years and years yeah. and years after that. And one other little quick key was some of the people who were listed on the blue forum also had an email address that you could contact them. Supposedly back at that time, you could enter that email address into Facebook and it popped up their Facebook profile. So yeah. I started friend requesting. And then you see mutual friends. And when you see those mutual friends that, you know, they're Bigfoot people, you know, they're a Bigfoot person and you right. friend request again. And that's kind of how the network started. Yeah. You see the promos for blog talk radio. The very first shows I listened to were um, Chuck Prawl and, St and Stymie, Stacy Hostetler's show on Sunday nights, which yep. was followed by your show on Sunday nights, yep. Abe Del Rio's show and got myself into the chats and, you know, popped a few jokes in, made a few people laugh, made a few hosts laugh, and it literally took off from there. And, oh, and Abe word. is in the house. And King, <laughs> King Phil E. Buster Boy, bring, is in the house. That's bringing back some old memories to filibustering with Henry May. Phil E. <laughs> Phil e. Buster. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So keep on going. And more no, people. I mean, it literally yeah. it grew from there. I yeah. think um, my sighting happened. I did have a, a Bigfoot sighting. Um, what happened here locally, we have a free rag. It's called the Metro Spirit. A lot of folks have it. It's just a, your free yep. uh, local paper. Mm -hmm. And my wife sent me a text one day and said, have you seen the Met Spirit today? And I said, no. And you could go online at, at that time. And went online and the, the front page was Bigfoot in the CSRA. Yeah, well, you just, uh, yeah, well, you know, here's the, here's the interesting thing. Yeah, have you seen the, the Met today? No, no. It, well, it's in the bottom of the birdcage, if you want to. Yes, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I've got it cleaning up dog poop in the backyard. No, yeah, really. But the front page was Bigfoot in the CSRA with this giant footprint. And the guy that the article was written about, I he had a email address at the end of the article. Of course, I emailed him immediately. Yeah. And we started talking about a location here locally that I knew of. I, I knew where this 
this was. He said, yeah, there's been lots of activity going on at this site. If you want to just head over there, you can do a few wood knocks. The, the, I'm telling you, the Bigfoots are there. And so I got off the phone with him, and this was in probably May. So it was after daylight savings. The sun was still out. I looked at my wife and said, you know, get in the truck. We're, we're going for a hike. It was, it's literally really close by. So we drive out to this location. I know where it's at. We walk up and it's on the Savannah River. So where I'm at is in Augusta, Georgia, for those that don't know. And I'm on the Savannah River. And a little north of us is very woodsy. South Carolina side, Georgia side, very woodsy, very thick. And I knew there was a hiking trail there. And so I had a wooden bat with me and I'm walking around and there was this huge felled pine. It was kind of fresh, but it was dry enough to be hollow, but without being rotten. And I pull out my wood bat and I'm, I do like two really good knocks on this, mm. this pine. And my wife's just looking at me, you know, look at my husband doing his little wood knocks with his Bigfoot thing. 10 seconds later, there's a reply from an Island on the river. So I'm basically oh. on a little river side of the Savannah river. And there's a mm. three mile Island and there's a reply, a distinct reply, not an echo. And I turn around and my wife's eyes are just as yeah. big as they can be. <laughs> yeah. And she had nothing more to do with it after that, but I was hooked immediately after that. <laughs> she had enough. She, she had enough. enough. And uh, because I had, because I had gotten together with this guy, um, at that time I was unemployed. So basically I was a full-time squatcher. So anytime he was going somewhere, I just jumped in his passenger truck and we went out. Uh, we were called the hardest working Bigfooters because we were, I was not only out during the week, I was out every weekend with this guy for, two years straight until 2012 when I had my sighting. It was February 18th of 2012, prior to the taping of the TV show we're going to talk about. And, and the whole the whole episode is just, I mean, I could go into detail, I think, I could, but it kind of leaves out if I ever speak at a conference again. That's kind of what yeah. I talk about. So, <laughs> um, There was another witness behind me who was my cousin standing right behind my shoulder saw the exact same thing that I saw and two other people who smelled the exact same thing we mm -hmm. saw. Yeah. And we, we've gone back, we've done the whole, how tall was it independently? And You're I was right. telling Chris prior to the show, uh, the area that we found it in was completely groomed and clear in this swampy area on the river down South of us. Yet we go back a year later and it's, it's returned to swamp. It's not maintained and just incredible. And so, you know, continue on with the, the blog talks, I, I picked in 2012, I said, you know, I'm going to start going to conferences or I'm going to start, I think it was 2011. I said, I'm going to start going, yeah. 2011, I'm going to start going to conferences. Oh. And I picked this little unknown conference called the Chautauqua Bigfoot Expo yep. because there was people there speaking that I knew, which was Melissa, Steve Coles. I had never met Larry Batson, but I knew of him and Billy Willard. We're all speaking. I said, I got to meet all these folks. I'm going up there. And you started talking about it on your show one night. And I put in the chat, you know, I'm, I'm definitely coming to this one. And you, I think you either called or texted or messaged like immediately after and said, hey, are you really coming to this? I said, yeah. <laughs> and you said, don't get a hotel room. I've got a cabin, two bedrooms. You're staying with me. You're going <laughs> to haul yourself all that way. You're staying with me. And, and that's how it started. We came, that was a great conference, so well attended for the first conference out of the gate in a tiny yeah. little town in New York that he had a second one. And, you know, the second year comes around in 2012 and Steve says, you coming? Yep. You're staying with me. Okay. That was the Bob Gimlin year. 
That was the Bob Gimlin year. He had enough to come back to where he got Bob Gimlin to come. And as we kept getting closer, he's like, all right, you still in? Yeah. And then we got really close. He said, oh, by the way, Nat Geo's going to be there. And they're want they're, we're going to shoot some sizzle stuff for Lake Monsters. And we're going to shoot a whole episode. And are you cool with that? It's like, no. <laughs> no, no Bigfooter wants to be on TV ever. <laughs> like heck yeah you know <laughs> so he said take the time off and we're going to drive from we're going to drive from mayville new york which is on the extreme western side <laughs> it's of new the york. far it's the farthest point in new york from the east side of new york it's the be. tip if you're looking at new york and we're going to drive to the adirondacks on the vermont border on the extreme east side of the state of new york i don't think people understand just how big the state of new york is yeah and then you should have warned me about driving through the res too. You're like, oh yeah, we got to drive through the res at one point. I needed a chiropractor after driving through the res. I could not believe those roads. They've gotten better. Is it casino money? Because all it was was bad no, roads they, they, and beautiful they casinos. They turned it into an interstate. It's now Interstate oh, 86. It used okay. to be used to be US Route 17. Now they've turned it into Interstate 86. So the feds threw some money. Oh, cool. <clears throat> so now it's like this. <laughs> the exits to the casinos are far better now yes. <laughs> i like casinos <laughs> oh i love them too we didn't have time to stop <laughs> he makes me drive that all the time Back, mike. Oh, man. sorry mike um yeah that was the longest day trip ever but but the, the coolest thing is, is you've got to see how vast New York is. No, and I had no idea because I've yeah. driven up and down Georgia. You can drive across the state of Georgia. You can drive across the state of Alabama two, three hours if you don't get caught in Atlanta traffic or Birmingham traffic. Going up and down the state from top to bottom might be about five, six hours. But New York State in itself from the Great Lakes to the Vermont border, especially where we were headed because it was yep. not a straight route. That was an all-day trip. We were yeah. exhausted. And we and we had showed up and still had to do TV that night. Because <laughs> oh, we showed up and they filmed all the camp setups and, and everything. I think they did some some stuff. I can't. It's been so long ago, Steve. That was 2012. You realize how long ago that was? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's uh day or two. Yeah. No. How much water has been under the bridge since then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Patrick made uh, Steve has nothing about authentic people on the show. On the show, I think he said meant to say nothing but authentic people. I, I hope, at least I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and good evening, Cryptidville. Cryptidville, welcome. Yep, and uh, why should I get my cigarettes on the road? In this case, cigarettes. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, much oh, cheaper. Yeah. Um, if you can't buy them in Kentucky, find <laughs> your nearest reservation. Yeah, so uh, my, my goodness. Yeah, that, that is quite quite the state. I know when I head to uh, Mayville sure now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even know if she's home. <laughs> um, if she is, he's logging in on her phone somewhere. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I digress. Um yeah, the uh, not only 
See, like me, I live, as you go to Mayville now, I get an extra half hour drive because I live a little further north now than I did back then in 2011 or 2012. Um, so now I, I have to drive about 25 miles south to, to catch the 90 spur to go west. Um, or 80, you know, the 88 spur to 81 and or 88 to 17, which turns into 86, which gets me out to Mayville. Um, but yeah, it's always been, it, it, it's a fun conference. I hope, you know, Peter can get that going again. I don't think there's going to be one this year either. Uh, he hasn't called me on it yet and usually he's prepping for it now. Uh, I do know that, uh, you know, you were saying about COVID killing conferences. Um, I'm pretty, pretty happy. I got three booked already. You know, they're all in the fall, but so, we're yeah. starting, you know, and we're fingers to, crossed. We can get yeah. back to them. Yeah. Really fingers crossed. <clears throat> I miss my friends. Yeah. It, it, it's been, it's been a rough one. Um, and, and the same thing on the paranormal spy side, uh, you know, the paranormal side that they're going through the same things. Now they're starting to, to go back to conferences and stuff like that. So as you know, more people are getting vaxxed, more people are, starting to open things up and even in new york we're we're seeing less and less restrictions like now they're having live events again uh they're uh not only are live events but the restaurants are now at like 75 percent capacity and uh gyms are you know some gyms are open 24 uh they're open tw- back to 24 hour cycles again some gyms mm-hmm. so and the bars are open now till 11 so yeah. One of the things I'm happy about, because uh, last year and year prior, um, I had gotten together with uh, Cliff Barrickman and, and Bobo. They started their their podcast, Bigfoot yep. and Beyond, and I was kind of over their social media and YouTube page. And they made a deal with um, iHeartMedia. And now that they're doing the podcast on iHeartMedia, we can't put the new podcast on YouTube. And so what we were going to do prior to COVID was I was going to come to any conferences they speak and we were going to shoot video and just have a YouTube freestanding YouTube page. And we were building a heck of an audience and then everything stopped. No travel, no conferences, can't go see them, nothing. And the YouTube page just came to a stop. And I'm I'm looking forward to that actually getting back together again to get some more content on their page. Yeah. Well, I'm going to see if I can get my uh, COVID injection here. Uh, before the Kentucky conference thing here. So yep. hopefully that will happen in the next few days. <laughs> and and David Winter just uh, put a thing in the chat saying um, on news here is 10 people got COVID yesterday after getting the shots. It's not a hundred percent. It's not a hundred percent effective, but you know what? If 10 people out of right now, several million getting millions. Yeah. I mean, uh, the yeah. number is, you know, infantile yeah. uh, or, uh, compared to, people getting shot, you know, to the number of people that are having resistance to it. So, uh, anyhow, let's get into that. So let's, let's turn back the dial. It's 2012. It's 2012. It's 2012. And we took the God's longest drive. Oh man. (laughs) Getting, and and, and not only that, but it was raining. It would not stop raining until the, until late, 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 late. It it gave us brief intermittent yeah. 
yeah. breaks of rain. And it wasn't like rain, rain, Chris. I'm telling you, it was that annoying mist rain. Yeah. yeah. Where it's just enough to keep you wet, but it's not a soaking wet rain. <laughs> it was just like we were in a cloud yeah. layer for the whole week. And it was what, early April or like April 10th ish? Was it when was it? It was oh. early spring for you guys up there because there wasn't a lot of leaves on the trees. Good and cool. Oh, that nice that misty rain. Been. Perfect pneumonia weather. See, now you see, now my, my, my brain, see, here's my brain not working. I always thought that was the fall. No, this was early spring. It was early spring. And the, uh, the 2012 Chautauqua Lake Bigfoot Expo. Um, Peter should be on this podcast. I don't know why he's not on here yeah. giving us info about it. Um, here's the, here's the thing. This was 2012, and um, I'm I'm trying to think is, are, was it May? Because the 2012 um, was Bob Gimlin 2013. Bob Gimlin was 2013. Was it 12 or 13? I it's got to be 2012. Got to be 2012, because 2011 is when I had my my first sighting up there in October. So that's on video. Um, so this had to be 2012, uh, and that would have been, uh, the, uh, we would have left May 7th. Okay. So it's still technically kind of early spring, early spring for you right. guys, up, especially at elevation. Right. So the leaves aren't quite on the trees yet. Um, they're starting cold to nights. Bud. cold nights, misty rain. We get up there, the Nat Geo crew comes in and they, uh Oh, troubles in the house. Mr. Tate Hieronymus is here. Hey, Tate. Oh, no. <laughs> Cancel everything. I'm gone. <laughs> um, and uh, Tom Steenberg, we will get to your question uh, in, in a bit. Uh, but um, So when we first <coughs> arrived at the campsite, I'm getting out of my Jeep, and you guys are already headed up the trail. So to give everybody kind of the picture of what it looks like, there's a Forest Service road of which is still on my Jeep tires, might I add. They have stained my tires forever, <laughs> this many years later. Um, what would you say, about 30-yard walk to the actual mm. campsite? Yep. yep. And so we're getting out of our vehicles to go and kind of pick our spots. And immediately right out the gate, there's a wood knock. Mm. When we Sorry, I'm, having a little, I'm having a little trouble with the uh, – there we go. There we go. So that's the campsite. So Wayne and Melissa Larson were with us, and that's their tent on the far left of the picture. Steve's tent and his dry tent are right in the middle, and then my tent and my dry tent are on the right side. And then just beyond that, there's a path that goes a little bit down a hill, and then there's the roadway where we all parked. We, we couldn't drive up to the campsites. This picture was actually from the outhouse. <laughs> there was an I think I tried to send you a picture of it and I couldn't find it yeah. of the of the actual and, outhouse. And now if you're looking at this, uh you can see this is where we were parking over here. All right in here. You can see actually the outline of a car. Uh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's about there, a 30 there. yard, 30 yard little trail that goes in yeah. here and back out to the car. Now, mind you, to the right of that in 2011, October 2011, is where I saw the big guy uh, watching our campfire at the same camp. Hmm. And the campfire is right about here. If yeah, and to give out. a layout of the land, so behind Steve's tent and then behind the Larson's tent 
it just kind of softly goes downhill. We're on top of yeah. a knoll, basically. Okay. I wouldn't call it a hill, but it's on top of a knoll yeah. that yeah. continues down. And so it's a great vantage point to, to hear things coming in. And yeah. we could hear cars, even, you know, the occasional car that would come by, you could hear it coming for five for minutes before it, yeah. could, before it ever got there. Yep. Yeah, it is a very, a very quiet area at night. Um, you know, during the day, you may get some cars going by, people going down to the, there's actually uh, further down the road is a dirt, dirt road goes about probably another three, four miles down the road. And it leads out to uh, the shelving rock area, which uh, has a, uh, you know, it's a little swimming area and, a, you know, a little day camping area down there where people can barbecue and hang out. But the only camping that's allowed is in the primitive areas, which is this is one of the campsites. There's two other campsites left. There used to be a fourth one up on a hill and they got rid of that one probably about seven, eight years ago. So, um and and that's why you look at these strange camping numbers. They're all different. Now, the other part is you go onto the other side of the road, probably about another two miles to the, I want to say, southeast of there. There is another camping area. It's called uh, Daisy Clearing in the Daisy Clearing camping area. And that's where people can camp out that way, too. But it's much more congested. It's, um, you know, well, the, yep, that kind of makes me wonder about why why would they close down camping areas? Well, that one, uh, the one they closed down was in a very bad area. It was on a hill. Um, and, uh, you know, it wasn't really too much flat terrain there. But for whatever reason, it yeah. was there at one time. And uh, maybe they were trying to maximize it. But uh, literally, I, I camped there once many, many years ago. And I remember at four in the morning, I was awoken by hunters walking up into the woods. Ah. So I was like, eh. Yeah, be a lot of people well, yeah, like, it kind of makes me wonder because you know how they do in Kentucky when they have a siding somewhere. They start closing down areas where the siding was nearby. Well, traditionally, um, that's that camp is actually the farthest from some of the sidings. Oh, okay. So it wasn't it wasn't any of the near the near mm. camps. You know, uh, this camp. There's another camp that are like uh, right smack. You know, in the middle of a lot of sidings. Yeah. So, and the benefit to the weather we had that week is that only squatchers would be dumb enough to camp in weather this bad. <laughs> for a week straight <laughs> so we didn't have a lot of people coming out that way because it was just off yeah there was there was nobody because of the rain it was just a, this was not a nice sunshiny weekend get out and go camping and, in nature. and i think i i think i correctly predicted it that the rain would stop on the last day there and it did <laughs> and it did <laughs> the very last day but uh, the, the stark contrast between mayville and here because mayville we had perfect weather for the conference there. I had sent you a picture of you sitting out in this gorgeous, sunny spring day in Mayville, New York with one of Larry Batson's animals. And, and here we drive all day to get to this misery on top of this hill to do a Nat Geo show. Yeah, it, it was, uh, so, uh, so what was our, after getting our tent set up, what was our first order of business, Jeff? You remember that? Are we going to talk about the loppers? Uh, we're going to, we started collecting birch. Oh, yes. So Wayne and I started collecting because I think you had the, the TV people showed up and they were going to do a few segments with you. Yeah, I, I had to, I had to run down to the, because uh, I was doing some, uh, not only were they doing Sasquatch Planet, but they were also for Paranatural. They were also doing a, a show on Lake Monsters. So they took me down to, 
down the four mile, three mile, you know, drive down the back to the shelving rock where you can see Lake George. And we talked about lake monsters. Yeah. So, because I had been the year previous, I had been on the truth behind the Loch Ness monster. So they wanted. Um, so first night out of the gate, Wayne and I are, are because you had told us that the Forest Service comes through and any trees that have fallen across the road, they chop them up into firewood sized pieces and just leave them on the side of the road. So you can literally just drive up and down the road and grab you some pieces of this wood. And the beauty, because we don't have white birch down here, the beauty of white birch is it burns wet, dry, rotten. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. matter. Stick a match to it and it burns. Yeah. And I don't think we had expected it to be as wet because there was firewood at the gas station, yeah. which is about a 20 minute, 25 minute <laughs> drive to the gas station. Yeah for the nice warm toilet and the, and the firewood and the coffee and the, good and the coffee. coffee and the good coffee. I don't think we had brought it up. We bought a couple a piece, but looking at the conditions, we we're like, this is, we're never going to be able to keep this dry. So Wayne and I went out and collected a lot of birch wood. Yeah. Yeah. And there was one piece and it's literally on the opposite side of the road of where we were parked from our campsite. It was a perfect size piece of birch wood, but it had this really annoying twig attached to it. I mean, it's a good four feet and I pulled on it and stretched it and couldn't get it to come off. And I was like, I can't throw this into the fire because it's going to burn out of the fire. So yeah. I said, you know what? I'll grab the loppers later. And if we need it, I'll get this piece of wood. And I threw it down and said a few cuss words about it and everything. And Wayne and I just continued on our way of getting firewood and going back to camp. Lo and behold, you know, we go through our first night of filming, which was fairly uneventful. Well, yeah. Well, say. the first night they only came and did some some very brief interviews. Yeah. Because we said, listen, we're not going to be going out tonight. We're going to be beat from the drive and whatnot. Because I remember having that conversation with them. Yeah. They remember had to get when, back to their nice, warm hotel. Remember when we first pulled up, there was actually a state forest ranger there? Was that first day or second day? Because he was, showed up in his class A. Oh, that was the second day. It was the, day he it was the up second his, day. He showed up when the camera crew was not there in his right, class yeah. A uniform. Yeah, shoe shine. Now, my son's a state forest ranger. You don't normally wear that. In the, no, you don't. And Unless so, you yeah. think you're going to be on TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. But, but you know, and, uh, you know, and behind him was an NCON official. And uh, he's like, how many of you guys stay in here? And I was like, well, there's only there's only five of us really staying here, you know, uh, actually four of us, there was you, me, uh, but I was having the team come in. Yeah. But they night. weren't staying at night. They, weren't staying. they were just staying. So he, he said, you know, permits are free there. The, the, the camping permits, if you have more than 10, they're free. So he said, well, let's just let me write you a permit anyway. So, you, you know, you have it. Um, so he, he inked out a thing. And then I, I asked him, I said, you know, you probably think this is all a bunch of bunk. And he actually turned around and said, no, man, no, there's places in this, in this forest in the Adirondacks where people haven't touched in a hundred years. So anything could be out there. And while and you actually, were, while I was you actually kind of shocked about that. Yep. Yeah. While you were doing that, I was talking with the forest service guy because you were a heavy smoker. Wayne and Melissa were a heavy smoker. And I said, and, and I pulled him aside and said, look, I, I've never been in this state. I've never been in the Adirondacks. I'm going to hike this area. Do I need to concern myself with any wildlife? I said, I'm not asking you if Bigfoot is real, but are there black bear up here? Are there mm, any puma yeah. sightings up here? Do I need to, I'm going to be basically bushwhacking alone by myself in the woods. Do I need to concern myself with any wildlife up here? And he said, oh, absolutely not. There was a black bear sighting up here about three years ago, but I think they dispatched it when they saw it. And there's no sightings of black bear up here. Anything like yeah. I found out later, that's completely untrue. The place is crawling with black bear. <laughs> well, you know, and actually, to be fair, Jeff, um, 
in that area, I, I've been going up there 20 years, camped up there. And to the ne credit, I didn't see a lot of bear sign when I no. went on my hike. So that story will come come in later. As if we if you ever if you ever notice, you know, the only time you saw a deer, you didn't even see deer around there too much at all, or zero squirrels, zero. Lots of uh, chipmunks. Lots of chipmunks. Lots of uh, there's actually a lot of field mice. Um, you know, I there was once uh, that I did catch a red fox, and you'll hear the yotes, uh, you know yelping every once in a while as well mm -hmm. and uh jeff you had mentioned about um uh the the weather uh and there that, is it was that way all weekend yeah, it, it was, was that beautiful. way all week yep uh and there i am playing with uh larry's uh uh saharan tortoise who uh was actually quite friendly especially oh. when i put especially when i put food in my hand he turned right around mm -hmm. and came right over to me dude yeah oh yeah. He would eat the grass right and the dandelions right out of your hands. Larry yeah. had the tortoise. He had an alligator in his bathtub. <laughs> that alligator was not a happy alligator <laughs> at all. No. Yeah. And, and Larry just flipped it over, started rubbing his tummy, and calmed it right down. Yeah. I walked in. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> kind of difficult to get a bath. Uh, okay. So OT asked NCON, uh, E N C O N. Stands for the New York State Department of Environmental Conservation. Uh, oh. That is the the government arm in New York State that basically runs the Forest Service, mm. uh, the Forest Rangers, uh, the NCON police, and the Forest Rangers deal with uh, you know stuff like trail maintenance and um, uh, you know poaching enforcement uh, yeah, regulation, basically. And they're both New York State Forest Rangers and NCON. Uh, police are police officers. They all are sworn police Ooh. officers in New York State. They assist the state police when needed. But uh, the uh, the state the forest rangers do the rescues, the firefighting as well. Uh, you know they they're trained at the NCON uh, guys, the NCON police. They work in uh, enforcement of uh, poaching laws and setting up you know like uh, decoys and you know they actively go on stakeouts and catch poachers and, and do a lot mm. of the, the you know environmental law somebody dumps something they're going to go after them and conduct an investigation stuff yeah. like that whereas the rangers are more on the site uh, police officer but they have that additional duty of fire and rescue so now, years oh. later, I actually feel very sorry for this forest ranger guy because I know he was up all night shining those shoes, ironing <laughs> his shirt, <laughs> because he came dressed to the nines ready to be on TV, boy. And the, and the TV crew wasn't even going to show up for another eight hours. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, actually, he was wearing his, uh, he, was, he wasn't wearing his Class A uniform uh, because the Class A uniform has the, the coat and it has the sh the center strap. They look like state police, you know, and he was wearing the coat. He was wearing the green coat. I thought he wasn't. I thought he was just wearing a shirt and tie. I think he took it off when he ended up, he you know, finding out that there was no TV crew. Yeah, yeah, true. Be right back. So, uh-oh, Chris has got a, oh, wait, I don't know, if, you know, maybe Chris got caught short or something. <laughs> they got to take care of a little bit, no? <laughs> Oop, I shouldn't have had that extra brownie. <laughs> anyway, no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but really cool, uh, cool place to be. Um, so now we get into the evening. And after everybody goes home, and it was pretty much the whole, every night was like this. There would be the four of us sitting at the campfire. Mm -hmm. Melissa would go to bed. First. First. Then Jeffrey would go to bed. Yep. 
And then Wayne and I eventually, maybe a half hour or so after after Jeffrey went to bed, we would tootle off. Now, first night, though, because Melissa actually. Well, that um, was quick. Oh, yeah, man. I had to change the thermostat setting. Uh, it's like really cold in here. <laughs> uh, somebody turned the AC on because it was a little warm today. And, you know, they're upstairs. I guess they're comfortable. But, dude, I'm freezing to death down here. I had to go turn that thing down. <laughs> Woo. Now, first night, though, where if you look at the picture and you see that blue tarp in between uh, your tent and Melissa's tent, yeah. we were trying to clear that tree branch that was just in the way you know <laughs> it was just so much in the way and we we really should have taken poor melissa to the hospital i know she had a concussion she oh, hung yeah. she hung that first night as late as she possibly could that's right what I a trooper that. she the tree was fell on yes. her head. yeah that oh. limb came back and just i mean she had a headache for the rest of the week so i know she oh, had a concussion man. from that thing yeah. it popped her good but she hung that first night. Now, the, the nights after that, you know, Melissa would go to bed first and be like, well, you know, she's going to bed. I'm going to bed, too. You know, not out here to prove anything to anybody. I'm exhausted and wet. <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> and thank God everything was dry. Everything held up. Everything held up. Yeah, because was... it was great that we had our dry tents. I wish, kind of wish, you know, Mel and, and uh, Wayne had their own dry tent. But we brought an extra tent specifically yep. to store stuff to keep it dry. Yep. yep. People don't realize what a convenience that is, especially when you're in rainy conditions. Because, man, when you're in the woods, once you get wet, I mean, you can never get dry. <laughs> Not only that, but, no. going. but this time of year, you get wet and cold. Yeah, and cold. And then, yeah. then you're just miserable. Um, yeah. But yes, now now I have the tent mahal, so I don't need a dry tent because I can put <laughs> everything in there. You're so. like Bruce Harrington. You've got the blow up couch and the sauna. No, I don't. Have the, <laughs> no, but I but I have this huge tent now that I you know literally it's a ten man tent. And it's, it's an easy up tent. So it's, you know, it's up in a few minutes and I've got my pop-up tent on top of my Jeep now. And so when I, I show up on site, I can be asleep in 10 minutes. <laughs> OT says sleep is the best thing for concussions. My doctor told me that I, he also said I was too healthy and had to start smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We probably shouldn't have let her go to sleep at all, but <laughs> We did everything wrong for that poor lady. You're never supposed to go to sleep. So. I, I was kind of wondering why after she went to sleep, Wayne was checking his insurance policies. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think OT's doctor is the beneficiary on his insurance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I saw, you may have forgotten about it, but I actually saw uh, Wayne and Melissa at Hocking Hills, not last year, but the year prior. And because uh, Melissa was speaking and doing a, a cast demo and yeah. it, she has never let me live those loppers down. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's the guy that dropped the tree on my head. <laughs> um, yeah. So that night, if I recall, you had kept your pillow and blanket in your Jeep because just in case your tent had sprung a leak or wasn't, wasn't this dry. was the first time I was in that blue tent. So I didn't know how secure it was. I didn't know. if yeah. it was. So I kept it in there just in case I needed to go sleep in the Jeep. Yep. And also not only did, did Jeff have the newest tent, he had the biggest tent. Best yeah. plan is to have a backup plan for the backup plan. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> Bob says that ain't fair. Mel ain't here to defend her. <laughs> she should be here. She should. <laughs> um. So. Uh, now was the was the hood pound the first night or the second, second night? night? It was the second night. The second night. Okay, so we so, wake up. We wake up the next morning. Are we ready to get there yet? Yeah, but there was something happened the first night. Okay, you're gonna have to jog my memory. Okay, the first this. night, you guys didn't find out till the next morning, but the first night, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, you remember now. You're yes, right. yes. So the first night, okay, it was time to use a tree. You know, it was probably about 1.30 in the morning, and it was a full moon that night, but it was overcast, and, you know, on and off rain, and at the point I went to use uh, the tree, it wasn't raining, but it was still over, you know, you couldn't see stars, but the, the moonlight gave the whole canopy a kind of like a nightlight type of view, so it was, it was brighter than normal, you could see without, you know, you could actually see without using a flashlight, pretty much. And uh, me being up there, I can move around there a lot of times, even without a flashlight. Uh oh, here's trouble. Oh, my word. <laughs> hey, Billy. <laughs> Mr. Willard in the house. See you, man. Oh, God, I miss that guy so much. Me too. So I unzip the tent and I step out and I look to the left, which the left kind of shows where the vehicles are. Now, I was parked, I was parked right about here i believe right so i look to the left and running from this direction to that direction i see a five five and a half foot long you know long-haired reddish brownish creature bipedal creature running across and my first reaction to that was like I think you first thought thought it was me, like out taking a pee too, because the first thing is like, well, what's Jeff doing awake at two yeah. in the morning, and running I, in a fur coat? And I didn't say anything. I, I just looked at, it and I was like, nah, nah, come on, it just, it can't be. You know, I was tired. I was very tired. We had been done. You know, not only that did we drive all day, but I had to do the shoots. You know, with with Nat Geo, and I had to, you know, so I was pretty pooped. And I was like, my first day, I was like, no, I did just. Got it. You know, I must be. No, I, it can't be. Yeah. Used my tree, went back to the tent, and um, that was it. So now we come to the next morning. So, Jeff, I'll wait. Now, mind you, at what was it, about 1130 or so, you had gone out and got your pillow and blanket yeah. from, your, from your Jeep. I was like, this is going to work. So I, I went, went out and got my pillow, pillow and blanket, and it was fine. Yeah, you were you were going to go to bed shortly anyway. So you went out there, got that, came back. The next morning, you get to put your pillow and blanket back in the Jeep. Yeah. And what happens? So I go back, and the very same piece of wood, firewood, that I threw down and cussed at on the other side of the road is laying behind my Jeep. <laughs> and you can even see, because this one... That picture is a little bit blurry, but the, the the next picture of it close up, you can even see the annoying twig yeah. is why I threw it back into the woods. <laughs> there it is. It's, it's going right. right I could it. not get that thing to come loose because it was still very fresh and it w just wouldn't break off. So I cussed it and threw it and threw yeah. it down on the other side of the road. It's laying behind my Jeep the very next morning. Yeah, there it is. What the hell did that? And then it was like, well, uh, 
you know, I was, like I said, I was still panning my sighting off as now nah, I'm just overtired, man. I'm mean, just overtired. Yeah. Just seeing things. Yeah. I'm just the same thing. Maybe I was dreaming. I don't know. And I'm like, well, guys, um, this is what happened. I saw last night. <laughs> and everybody was like, huh? And then we got that, huh? Mm. And remember, we did find where they, well, you saw where it came from. That It was in like muck. Yeah, because you could see the exact layout. Because we yeah. picked it up and took it back over and said, I left it right here. And it fit like a glove back into its muck, mm. mud impression yep. on the side of the road i said this is a, and you could even see the muck impression of the twig where i threw it back down now now mind you there's nobody camped out anywhere that number, night no one okay. drove past no yeah. number one number one it's prior to memorial day so a lot of people don't even come up there till memorial day and afterwards number two it's the middle of the week it's monday okay it's monday night so nobody Nobody really uh, camps up there during the weekdays. You'll find people camping up there during the week weekends a lot, but still, it's before Memorial Day. So that and number three, it's raining. It's awful weather, and the weather forecast was not good. So, and why would was, someone drive from town, stop at a group of cars, pick well, up we a piece we, of firewood, and say, "Hey, it looks like somebody might have messed with this. I'm going to go leave it behind the exact specific Jeep." And then, of and the then person again, who touched it. And then again, we would have heard them. <laughs> and we, there were no driving. cars that first night. Yeah. There were no cars that yeah. passed by you, at you, all. Right. You know, when you hear somebody, somebody would have to stop, and that would have woke me up. Somebody would right. have opened we, we the door, would have, we would have been like, hey, closed now. the door, and then. Yeah. So that was uh, quite the first night. Now. I have some pictures too, but I don't know where the heck they went over the uh -oh. years. I've lost, well, no, I, over the years I've lost a few pictures. Cause I remember there was, uh, you know, Wayne and Wayne and, uh, Melissa had that. They thought something was watching us from a distance. Remember? And we were, I had pictures of everybody fleering the area because we had the fleer that Nat Geo left us. Yes. I was the fleer expert. That's right. They handed me a fleer and said, you are the fleer expert for All this right. show. Yes, sir. learn how to use it because you are the FLIR expert yeah. for the show. You're the man on point. <laughs> I didn't want to be on point. Um, so I'm not sure if this is the first or second day, but here we all are uh, congregating by the, this is another view. Um, this is actually the view of my tent, my dry tent on the right. And there is the, the so actually, um, where I had had my sighting was actually uh, the opposite view of what we're looking at. So, you know, this is what the little fella, the little Sasquatch would have seen at a little bit more of a different distance as it was, mm. you know, traversing. And like I say, we, you can hear everything. Uh, and there's, you know, very light foliage. So it, it's, you know, between the area and the cars, you could still see the cars from the road. Um, it's not really heavy foliage yet. Uh, but for the as you go deeper into the forest, it gets thicker. Obviously, did you guys uh, leave any hot dogs or marshmallows on the fire or anything? Was there any food around that he could like? Because I see a bunch of coolers over there. I stored the the coolers we had out in case we need. But I would take my coolers because um, one's a dry and one's a wet cooler and mm -hmm. put them into my dry tent. So if anything tried to get to it, you would either hear the tent moving or you'd hear the zipper. Uh, so I always stored them away at night because mm -hmm. just in case, I mean, we have bear down here yep. 
everywhere. So I'm, I'm used to bear sign and I'm used to putting your food in a locked vehicle. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't want to put my food next to me while I slept. <laughs> okay. So Bob, Bob, Bob Lemley says, pardon the pun, but I don't mean to be a stick in the mud, but with all the rain, there's no footprints. Well, here's the thing. That ground you're seeing here is really hard. I just consider I'm in either five fingers or boots unloading the back of my Jeep with tent gear, whatever have you. Okay. And you can't see my footprints. Well, here's the other thing too. Here's your Jeep. Do you see? I don't see any tire tracks. Either. You see any tire tracks? <laughs> no. there? I'm That's telling you, this was kind... pure concrete ground up there. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. That, that is New York state. Uh, the reason why you're ground. not seeing any footprints is you don't see any tire tracks there. Do you? It's not mud. Is that it's, compacted gravel with uh, leaves on top? Some of it's compacted gravel, but the whole ground is like that. I'll scrape some of it off the tires currently on my Jeep right now and have it analyzed by NASA because yeah. that stuff never goes away. Right. Yeah. It's it's tracks are a rarity in New York. They're really tough to come by. Um, that's why you don't see a hell of a lot of them. I have one of them, uh, as you will see. Um, there were there's no tracks over there maybe some indentations in the leaves perhaps but nothing that would scream track right you know so and again you don't see a human print around either you know jeff was behind his jeep you don't see any footprints by him you don't see any any evidence of humans being there and you don't see tire tracks including that far the far tire you would clearly see a a, a track there but it's just not that type of ground it didn't rain hard enough to wash away anything. Yeah. And, it was and just my, that mist. And and Mike, who's been there, you know, the substrate is hard. It's really yeah. hard. Definitely. So, so when there was a track found, though, Bob, not to be a stick in the mud, um, but that wasn't found until uh, Wednesday. So we will uh, let's go to. Um, so we we shoot with Nat Geo that day. Um, I'm going to go back to our, our uh, camp slide here. Um, so we end up uh, shooting with that geo that day. That night. Uh, that night. The team came out, uh, you know, Tuesday evening, and the team came out Tuesday and Wednesday. And we, we shot, uh, you know, video with the team. We did some, some uh, and, and I don't recall what, because I've done these missions so often. Um uh, yeah, and you know, Western New York uh, said, "Yeah, tracks are like finding that one cold nugget in the stream." <laughs> well, yeah, it's difficult to locate tracks in Kentucky too because I was yeah. looking for a smaller uh, individual tracks, mm -hmm. and I had found one good one, and the best I could find when I took the picture, I was like, "Oh, I've got it! I've got it!" Uh, the track had deer tracks all around it. Yep. There was deer poop on that one corn, one edge of the photo, and I'm not mistaken, there was rabbit poop on the other edge of the photo. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the best photo I could get of it. And then when you look at the photo, you're like, okay, well, I see the deer tracks and I see the poop. Okay, where where is it at? You know, it, it didn't, you know, you couldn't really hardly even see it in the photo. But uh, yeah. <laughs> No, it would have taken an experienced tracker to follow anything in this substrate up there. It was so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on where you are, 
you know, especially in the open areas. If something if it walked out in the open area, you'd be like, where to go? You do because there's nothing. Maybe you may find some disturbance in the leaf litter. Um, Even this picture past. right here, it's the, it's moist. I mean, because yeah. it's raining and it's it's not wet. It's moist. We should have been leaving boot prints and footprints everywhere. And you can yeah. even look at it and see nothing. You don't even well, see it, leaves disturbed. Yeah. Well, if you look really closely, those are rocks. Mm. Those are all rocks, flat, slate-type rocks that are just embedded everywhere into the ground. Mm -hmm. So it's a very rocky, uh, rocky area, a lot of slate. Um, so that night we, we, we shoot, we go out, we play, we come back in the, the Nat Geo team leaves. They left probably around midnight. No, it was later than that. I, was it? Cause, I, cause I, I, I remember, I remember calling it at like three fifteen AM. Gotcha. Okay. I just, I had enough. I said, yeah. look, I'm going to be the first to wimp out. I, I've got to <laughs> get some sleep. It was three fifteen. So we're all sitting around the campfire again. Of course, Melissa's in the tent. Jeff Jeff decides to go in the tent. Wayne and I are sitting up there shooting the breeze. Because Wayne and I are like, we're insomniacs when it comes to this stuff. Um, all right. So we end up, all right, let's go, let's go. We all we all get in, we all bet in and we say know. our good night, John boys. Yeah, we, we did, yeah, that's we right. We literally hey. say good night, John boy. Good night, John boy. Good night, John boy. <laughs> we did. We we were good night, Wayne. Good night, Steve. Good night, Jeff. Yep. Good night, Melissa. Good night, guys. Shut <laughs> up, everybody. Go to sleep. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so anyway, that night, and let's roll. So that night, we're in the sack, maybe half hour, if that. Hardly. Yeah, we I we literally had just bedded down enough to where I think yeah. I was starting to doze. Now, out, now mind so. you, mind you, it had been quiet for about an hour or so. Uh, you know, on site wasn't raining, wasn't raining. Actually, I think it wasn't. I think it was raining. Well, it may have been wind with the 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 sound you get. I think is basically some wind, and what you're hearing is the the rain coming off the leaves of the trees. So, but, and we also had the fire going because we always yeah. wanted to have hot coals in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So we threw wet birch on it at night to make sure we had hot coals in the morning. Now it, it was kind of funny because we had gotten in that conversation. You know, well, it left us a log. Maybe we should leave something out there for it. Remember, we had that conversation. You know, maybe we should I do not it. remember that conversation. That's how long I, ago I, it's been. Yeah, I, I don't know if it would. Maybe you were not part of that, but I think Wayne and I were talking about. It. Maybe we should leave something out there. But we got so busy that night, we were like, uh, "All right, let's just go to bed." You know, number one, what am I going to leave out there? You know, right. You know, we, I don't think a couple of bucks. Thanks for the firewood. Yeah. <laughs> Make it rain. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, what am I going to leave? A can of spam out there, a can of Vienna sausages. I get winged at the tent. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I don't want this crap. Um, so, uh, you know, that, anyway. that would go back to the gifting thing, too. You know, and I'm yeah, not well, sure how to feel about that. I, I, well, I don't think they're as trusting as a lot of people make them out. No, I, well, I, I, it all depends on your gifting. You know, like, obviously, if you leave some food, okay, you're good. It left a log. That much yeah. we know. Um, <laughs> but it didn't leave us like a stack of stones or a crystal yeah. or, or yeah. a crayon drawing. Yeah. <laughs> The, the crayon drawings were left oh. in the same place as the MK Davis yeah. fence climber video, by the way. Yeah. I show know you how where that was coming from, yeah. So, uh, the crayon, crayon drawings. Oh, drawing yeah. 
Bigfoot yeah. draws. Oh, me, Bigfoot, you little puny human. <laughs> anyway, um, I digress. You should have left a coloring book or something out there, maybe. You know, I don't know. <laughs> maybe a map? <laughs> we are here. Where are you? <laughs> anyway, um, so 20 to 30 well, minutes. Oh, uh, yeah. We, 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 we could have left a peach snapple. Diet peach. Diet peach snapple. So, um, and you, <sighs> Jeff, you're familiar with our commercial, right? No, no. what are your commercial? Uh, we, you, <laughs> you haven't seen snapple? We haven't seen our commercial? No. Oh, okay, right. before we get to what happened that night, we, we got to show the, uh, um, wow. Hang on, hang on a second. We're gonna we we're gonna run our diet because Jeff hasn't seen it, and and wow. this would be very pertinent to Jeff. Um, so I'm gonna pull this up here. It'll take me one second. Oh, there it is. So here it is, our diet Snapple commercial. Are you Bigfooters thirsty out there? Well, I suggest to get a delicious, refreshing Snapple. Yes, even the most famous Bigfoot rushed to the store to get themselves their favorite beverage, a delicious peach Snapple. No need to be cranky when you can just ask just keep it, your keep loved one right for a delicious beverage. Got it? Don't give me a Snapple. <laughs> and don't be in such a hurry. There's plenty at the store. <laughs> Get me a diet. <laughs> <laughs> delicious peach snapple. Don't get me a snapple. Oh, yeah. That one when where Dyer just takes a nosedive towards the fire pit kills me. <laughs> I'm so glad I found the BFRO first before oh. I found searching for Bigfoot. <laughs> And you know our, our audience loves that commercial because every time I play it, everybody's like, "I love." <laughs> I did do want to mention George Wrigley's in the comments called said Jeffrey Thomas the Bear Whisperer. Boy, is that ever a story! That was the longest night of my life. Yeah. Anyway, we're on to we're on to uh, let let's play the now. So, so that night we all head into our tents, and this is what we hear. What the hell was that? Wow! Now we're going to play it three times here, so... Here comes the second one. What the hell was that? Wow. And time number three. What the hell was that? So there you go. We had just had the discussion. I think it was either that night or the night before where you said we are their TV in the woods that, you know, us drunk people come out there camping and tripping over the campfire and making idiots of ourselves. We are their TV 
when we're out in the woods and what did we do? But we turned the TV off that night earlier than it wanted us to. Yeah. And as soon as we're done with our goodnight, John boys, and it was clear that we weren't coming out of our tents anymore. The sound that you hear, it's a low bass rumble at the very beginning of the recording is actually two what we surmised to be two very large hands because the sound was not muffled when we were there. The sound was very distinct when we were there. The recording is from Wayne's recorder that was set up to capture the woods behind his tent. That's why Wayne's wow is so much louder than Steve's. What the hell was that? But it was a hood pound pounding on the hood of Steve's car, your little Kia Sportage. And it was just a banging on the hood and it achieved exactly what it wanted because we all came crawling out of our tents to provide it with more television for the night. Because how do you sleep after that? Yeah, it was. And you know, the, we, the next morning we tried, we looked at the vehicles very closely because I'll, I'll tell you in even my car now, uh, cause I live in forest. You have something drop off a tree onto a car. It makes a little divot. I look like, you know, I have these little divots on my, on the top of my car now. And that's just from branches coming down, going boom, falling yep. off from wind. Right. I've had a divot put in that very, it was actually a Kia soul. Um, and, uh, I've had divots put in that Kia soul on the, on the, on the roof because of little mini acorns flying off. And then they'll hit that and we're a pine cone and they'll leave a little divot in the car. The noise of that thing. Uh, and, and like I said, we try to, to like, if you knock with a fist, if you try knock like, like that, it didn't sound like it. But if you did an open hand slap, which open wouldn't hand. leave damaged, boom, that's the sound you would get. And so it's like something went up to the, either the roof of the car or to the, the hood of the car and just went, you know, you know, and bang. And uh, I remember how clear that was, sounding that was. And what you hear is some wind, and you hear every once in a while, you'll hear, you actually hear the crackling of the fire. Yeah. In that yeah. That's what you hear. You don't I hear, hear rain. You're right. Um, it wasn't raining that night, but you hear the crackling of the fire. Um, so, well, yeah. To me, it sounded a lot, a lot like a, a thunder thunder you know what rolling but the sound from our perspective was not from above it was from okay. below yeah. i was closest to it in my tent closest mm -hmm. to the cars at least and it was right behind me and and the car that was directly behind my tent right. was was steve's car somebody right. making racket yeah somebody making racket on the car yep. and we all woke up right so right so here you have this and you know it, it definitely was not thunder um uh, the sound you know there was no there was no, actually we didn't have we didn't have any thunder that 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 week. you would have had no a, lightning a lightning flash no right. there was no lightning or thunder yeah. to go with yeah. this miserable yeah. week-long yeah it was just that that constantly cool drizzly misty bullshit that you feel you know, like yep you can tell i planned this expedition <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, definitely was, um, you know, and, and of course down the, by the cars, there's nothing to be seen that night. Yeah. No, no, no. So during the day, uh, um, okay. David wants to play us to play it again. I'll play it one more time. Listen at the very beginning through the fire. You can, with headphones, it's a lot, a lot easier. Yeah. Wow. Oh. 
What the hell was that? Wow! And mind you, I wasn't asleep at that point. I was awake. I was just laying on my couch. I was full asleep and it woke me up. What the hell was that? Wow! What the hell was that? Wow! So there you have it. And immediately oh, after that, I said, well, I'm awake now. Yeah, I'm awake now. Mm. Uh, it was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> wow. I'm awake now. And, and, and the, uh, you know, because Wayne and I were still awake. You know, like I said, we had just gone to, uh, um, and I don't know if there was three loud thumps. I only recall hearing the one. It was, it was multiple because it was, it was three loud thumps. Yeah, it's almost like something went as if it was drumming. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, um, and you would think that something would would definitely have left. You know, it wasn't a tree falling. Um, there were it, no tree branches around. We looked. Was, we looked. You can hear it. It's a very hollow sounding sound. Um, it wasn't a tree knock, but it was. You know, the only thing we could really make sense of it was now, if you heard it when you're naked ear, just I didn't hear the lower ones, maybe because of the wind, maybe because of the, the fire crackling, maybe because I don't know, maybe because of gas. I don't know. But uh, I did hear that last last boom or actually it sounded like boom to me. Like, what the hell was that? Um, so, it was, yeah, very, very fascinating stuff. So, um trying to get my next file up so the next during the day this is but prior to, to you going for your your walkabout um melissa and wayne find a track in the area of where i had seen the uh the uh the little one um and that's one's coming up there right now and i'm gonna have to raise that up um, sorry about the the resolution. Uh, this was actually saved off a, another, um, and there is a. Uh, it, it turned out to be like a nine inch track, I believe. Well, that's um, much better than mine. Yeah, and <laughs> you, you can see toe striations in there. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it's and right. we had a we had a long conversation because I was wearing those toe shoes, five fingers right. at the time right. up there. But where this track was laid and where it was going was not in a direction that I would have walked. Right. Plus, I don't have a nine-inch foot. I've got a 13-inch foot. I've got yep. a huge foot. And this was going across the trail that we would have gone up to the campsite. Yep. It was going across. Well, the, the, the other thing I may point out, too, is that it's not you know, the structure of this is not built like a foot. No. It's very wide. It measured like four inches wide. 
mm-hmm. and your foot is not born. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you're not looking at your typical <sighs> human. You're looking at a flat-footed yeah. um, type of creature, oh. almost where you can see where the mid-tarsus is, um, kind of mushed down even more so than, like, you see the back pads and you see the, the mid-tarsus break. And, you know, some toes because of the terrain. It actually was in a kind of a a a, 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 a shallow. So that kind of actually made that uh, the toes yeah. stand out a lot better. And these things make a, a very distinctive track. And it's going to be way different from a human. Even if it's a small one, it's way different yeah. from a human. And, and in looking at the substrate, you can see where this has been pushed in here. Yeah. And there's another twig that's been pushed in there. And. Yeah, it's uh, this stuff all got matted in. Where the and foot- Thomas uh, Thomas Steinberg made a good good point in the comments. He he was saying that one lone print, but we had already talked about the substrate up there. We would have loved to have found another yeah. print to go with it, but this was the one soft spot in the whole area up there. Yeah, it was. It just happened. That it just happened to be there, and Melissa actually did cast this print. Yeah, yeah. There, there's not much area where there is um, soft, soft. Uh, I mean, obviously, um, I wish I had the overall picture because I, I had other pictures of them. Looking, you can see they, they actually, we actually uh, covered it up with some plastic from the uh, the wood bag. Yeah, remember because we we, we bags of wood that we bought, and we put some flags on the corners of it so it was be protected till we got the casting material ready and. Because we were afraid that you know if it rained, it, it you know it would it would destroy it. So, but we did, did legitimately look for back prints, forward yeah. prints, but not being a tracking expert, we couldn't tell if it was leave. This was the one soft spot. Trust me, in the entire eastern yeah. state of New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, except for except got, for later down in the creek, except for down in the valley later, because you got wet leaves there too, it makes it difficult to kind of move the brush to leaf litter aside so you can see under it. You know, if you got like a a tracking stick and you lay her down and you, you gauge where your next step's going to be, you might be able to brush the leaves aside and find another clear print there. You know, but if the leaves are all wet, well, you. You're screwed. You can't. You can't. You can't brush aside a bunch of mush without disturbing the, uh, the substrate underneath. Yeah, there are. Um, I'm gonna move something over here real quick. Uh, this is in the same park, and as you can see, um, I'm gonna try my best kind of to, to show everybody this. But um, again, same area. Um, yeah. Probably a half mile away, mile away. Yeah, about a half mile away. Um, this was cast. As you can see, it's, you know, it just happened to be luck and it just got a little bit of it. It's not a very deep impression yeah. um, cast. And then you go back in the day and we found a little bit of soft, malleable there dirt go. going up a hill where there there, this is a, this is actually going up about a 20, 25 degree grade. And there's actually a whole line of tracks here in the same part of the park. And that was another picture of that. Um you know, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. 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 So that's how that, that all turned out to be And a year and a half later. Uh, this one was cast in the same, in, in about three quarters of a mile from where that was down in the Valley, where this goes into a Valley and down into where there's a stream, the same one that Jeff, you had, uh, we're <coughs> talking about that leads to the same stream you had decided to traverse. And that's okay. where, the, that's where this one came from. Steve on that, uh, let's see. From the on the left side, I think the one, two, three, third one down. 
Is that going up a hillside or is that level there? No, no, that's if you're we're looking downhill and it's about a 25 Down? degree and we're looking okay. at about a 25 degree grade. So it's pretty okay. steep hill, steep yeah. hill. What it did was it came up the hill and then it walked over to the other side of the trail yeah. and stepped there. And uh, that's where this one came from. And we actually I, that that's the one I actually heard walking around. Uh, Another researcher here heard a, a groan. Mm -hmm. um, it came off probably about maybe 50 feet to the uh, to the north of me. Uh, mm -hmm. I was facing eastward, and it came that way. And then that's when we got hit with that overpungent bang smell. Boom. Yeah. What the yeah. hell is that? That's whole. It's got to be it because, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, I've smelled dead bodies. I've smelled skunks. I've, you know, this was like a combination of everything wrapped into one musky too. And it, you know, quick as it came, it left the smell. Boom, boom. It was gone. And it, it corresponded with hearing it moving up the hill around us. Yeah. So kind of a cool, uh, and that was in, uh, that was actually in 2006, that one. Mm. So same area. You know, here we are five years, uh, six years down the road, and now we pull out the, the juvenile cast. But just wanted to uh, show everybody that one. Very so, cool. Yeah, so the lone print wasn't for a lack of, of trying. We really, And there were other photographs where we took wide shots because I think I had some photographs of Mel actually casting the print to show. Yeah. And when you see even the path that we're walking up where a potential backtrack could have been, it's just as hard as it can be. It's yeah. it's literally walking on concrete yeah. up there. And, and and now with, with tracks, we do a lot a lot of different things. We we do now with with tracks. If I find them uh, now with the camera capabilities on your phones, we do the three D yep. walkabouts, the scans, lots of a lot more pictures. I have ways of dating and time stamping and geotagging tracks as well with the cameras. So you know we we've come a long way in technology in this this last you know since twenty twelve. So it'll, it'll, you know, back then we didn't, you know, it, there were smartphones, but I don't think they were, you know, the cameras were, you know, what, six megapixel, eight megapixel. And back then I had bought my, it was a Sony bloggy touch because it would shoot video in 1080i and took 13 megapixel pictures. Yeah. And my phone was a, a Pearl flip phone. That yeah. was technology back then. That was yeah. the latest and greatest. Yeah, I, I don't even remember what type of phone because now it's yeah. a flip phone. Yeah, that was cool. Oh, Chris, <laughs> you missed the flip phone. Yeah. I, oh, I miss mine. I mean, I had one. Yeah, I love that thing. Close well, up. They make them now. They, they make a, a droid flip phone now. Yeah, well, no. The, the old lady got me stuck on the, the Apple stuff now. So I crap. You know, much as I hate to, I have to drop a few extra bucks for the uh, iPhone. Come drink the Kool Aid. We have yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, that was just Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about your walkabout uh, that you went on. Uh, was there anything between that? Was there anything well during that? during during the day? Uh, that's where Wayne and uh, Melissa felt they they thought they saw something at a distance. Uh, let me pull the camera shot up again. It would have been down in this area down the hill. Um, of course, it, it drops off very slightly. It's not a it's not a huge drop. Uh, it may start at like ten degrees, and it just keeps on going and going and going down. I know now, what happened that night, though, and I think you slept through this for some reason. Okay, probably so, out of sheer sheer exhaustion. So, so during the day, they thought, and Melissa was sitting there, uh, kind of in camp, you know, nursing her uh, tree drop. Yeah, nursing the tree drop. 
that, uh, you know, you know, Jeff, Jeff tried to be a wrestler and, you know, uh, instead of hitting her with a chair, he hit her with a tree. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, down the hill, they, they, left, they thought they saw something. So we were on the fleer a little bit to see if we could see nothing. But at that time, by the time everything got there, it was whatever it was, was gone. Okay. So that evening I'll let you guys, cause I was out cold, but by that so, time, so that night, everything had, you everything had done caught like up to me. double, triple shooting that day and you were exhausted. So that night, I think you were one of the first, you and Melissa were one of the first, and me and Wayne stayed up just a little bit. But we had gone to the store that day while you were out doing your your Lake Monster sizzle stuff, and we had bought like every bag of dry wood they had because we were in misery. And there just wasn't enough birch on the side of the road to keep us going all night and to keep us warm and to keep hot coals. So we went and bought as many of those bags and covered it with tarp to keep it as dry as we could and probably had about four or five those really big bags of firewood that you buy at the store, all kiln dried stuff, ready to go. And so finally Wayne and I just, you know, sack off and I can't remember what time it was. Cause it, it happened so fast that I didn't think to look at the time normally. Cause I'm a light sleeper when, when we're out doing squat stuff. So if I hear something, I always check the time yeah. so I can note it for the next day. But I get woke up by Wayne going, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. And I roll over and look, and it's daylight. It's broad daylight. My tent is completely enveloped in this beautiful, warm glow. Turns out it's probably three or four in the morning. Wayne had put every log on the fire. He had built a 20-foot-tall bonfire. He got the heebie-jeebies, and and this is not this is not something because Wayne's a tough guy. I'm not talking bad about him at all. Wayne's a tough guy. He's been doing this, and I've known Wayne as long as I've known Steve. Yeah, not much scares him. Not much scares him at all. But he got a sense of the heebie-jeebies in his tent, and when he got out, the entire hillside that we were on had been enveloped in a fog. So everywhere that you don't see the campsite was surrounded by this deep fog. Yeah, and he freaked out. And thought, if I get the fire going, this will all go away. And finally, he just couldn't take it. And he called out my name. And I woke up. And I got out there with him. And, you know, uh, first thing I'm thinking of is we have nothing to cook on in the morning. All our firewood is now <laughs> completely burning. But it was so bright. And he was, I mean, he was legitimately freaked out in the middle of the night. It just, he just, he, he could not sit still. So that was a good hour, hour and a half of me just, you know, kind of looking around, calming him down getting them ready to, you know, at least crawl back in the tent and go back to sleep. Yeah. Melissa was yeah. in a coma and Steve was just done. You heard none of this that it happened. He was, he was legitimately yelling my name as loud as he could. I don't know if he tried to call you first or not, but it, it was just, he just started calling out my name and calling out my name. And I woke up to daylight. I'm thinking, why is he yelling my name? It's morning. Let's you know, <laughs> be quiet. And it wasn't morning. It was, we still had a lot of night left mm. to go. And we had to go back to town the next day and get more firewood. Luckily, they restocked. Hey, hang on one second. I'll be right back in a second. Let me yeah. Okay. What well, do you think he like? Uh, felt like he was being watched, or or felt he like, felt uh, like there was something outside in the fog mist area. He didn't hear anything, but uh, he said, in his words, he felt a presence there that was looming in on him. And when the when he got out of the tent and saw the fog looming in, it was just that sense of claustrophobia. Yeah, that he got from the fog because he could not see past the yeah. fog area. It was so thick. Well, and so when he got the I, fire going, it it cleared out the campsite, but right. then it was just this wall of fog around us. Yeah, 
it could probably be a little unnerving. You know, I, I've kind of noticed that sometimes people are used to a lot of stimulus constantly in their lives. And then if you get them out in the woods where everything's quiet and you, you just hear well, since, since Mother Nature. We've gotten a lot, used to a lot of stimulus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, some people, they, they get a little unnerved uh, because of the uh, – the lack of stimulus. And that was what was so weird about it is that Wayne's not a stranger to the woods. Yeah. For him to, to unbuckle like that was, right. there was literally something going on there, but I couldn't figure out what it was. He, we never he, saw yeah. or heard anything. Yeah. He had that sense of something's not right. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was Wednesday night. So sure I think was. Thursday was actually fairly uneventful. We did campfire chicken <sighs> on Thursday. It, it makes more sense too, because if you had a heavy fog, they could be coming in really close, a lot closer than you think they would be. I, you um, couldn't hear anything. I mean, yeah. it was except for the the crackling of the fire. It was dead still. Yeah, the air was dead still. There was no wind, and it's you know, of course, it's one of those brief times when it wasn't raining, so there was no sound. You could hear the chirping of the chipmunks every now and then because this place was crawling with chipmunks. Right. Yeah. So. When did you do your walkabout? Was that Thursday? It or was Friday. It was Friday. It was the Friday. last day because the sun finally came out. That's right. Yep. It finally stopped raining. The sun came out. And I, I said, look, you guys, the last of the Mohicans was written. Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote the last of the Mohicans about this area that we're in, the Lake George area of the Adirondacks. Mm -hmm. Hawkeye, Natty Bumpo. This took place in the book here. I have to put my eyes on Lake George. I have to go for a hike. The right. sun is out. I have to enjoy this. And just to our left of the picture that you're seeing now was a creek that you had to cross by that was going downhill. And since I was going alone, I said, well, I'm, I'm going to follow this creek. And that way I know I can get back. All I have to do is follow this creek ah. that you see now downhill, yeah. follow it. It's evidently going to empty out into Lake George. I can turn right. around and follow it right back. I don't have to set waypoints. I don't have to have a GPS. Exactly. This yeah. was not a trail, but it was clear enough. And it looked just like this all the way down. So the hillside you see on the left and the right continued, but it opened up into this valley that I came down into. Yeah. And I talk about this, like whenever I speak at conferences and everything, because this was like one of the things that I have not only pictures to prove, but it's one of the stories that's more exciting. It's even more exciting than my sighting story. Mm -hmm. talking about this. So I'm following the creek, no deer. I don't see any bear sign, which I'm very used to seeing logs ripped open, looking for grubs. And this is a time of year where mama bear would come out with her cubs and she's looking for something to eat. Right. There's no bear sign. I'm not really seeing anything, but I come down and finally it opens up into this valley and the trees are pretty thick at the end of the valley. So I've got the hill to my left and the hill kind of behind me. Mm -hmm. And Suddenly I come up on this, this bush thicket and I didn't get a picture of it, but it's this giant bush and it, I'm maybe 35, 40 yards away from this giant bush. I, I don't notice the bush at first. I'm just walking the Creek line and all of a sudden out of nowhere from behind the bush, I get a, hmm. yeah, just this loud huff that I could feel in my toenails. And I come to a dead stop. And this is the part of my speech where I look at the audience and I pick out somebody and I say, have you ever been alone? <laughs> I mean, really alone. This was a sensation that I had at this point. I'm probably about a mile 
down the creek where I'm at, a mile away from Steve, Melissa, and Wayne. They are 25 minutes from the next phone signal. I am alone. They have no clue which direction I was going other than this creek. We have no means of communication for me to say, help, help, God help. <laughs> so you know, if so stuff I, went down, he would have been up Shit's Creek. I literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> so I'm standing there in the middle of these woods completely alone, and the fight or flight kicks in. I have to decide right then, as soon as this huff is over, am I going to run or am I going to fight? And so somewhat comically, I start cussing out this bush in the middle of the woods in New York. I did not effing drive 14 hours all the way across this blankety-blank country to go running in the woods from no huffy. You got something to do, you come, and I just start yelling and screaming. Meanwhile, I'm not stepping towards it or back. I'm just standing in place. Yeah. On the hillside to my left, it would be the right in the picture. Mm. As I'm yelling, I can hear something running away on top of the hill. And I look up, and it's a very sunny spot. So my assumption was it was probably deer bedded down in a sunny area, but one area it was probably dry up there for them, right. bedded down for the day. And when it heard the huff, they went taking off because it was multiple footsteps. So I, I'm right. assuming it was either one deer or a couple of deers running away, but very audible running away on the hillside. Meanwhile, I cannot bring myself to step towards or away from this bush. I'm just, I'm frozen in place, but yelling at the bush. Cameras in my pocket the whole time. I've got a, the, the, my Sony bloggy in my pocket the whole time. Never Don't even comes think out. about it. Yeah. Don't even think about it. Oh. Didn't even think about it. It's in my pocket. Didn't even think about it. So instead of going towards the bush, I try to flank it on either side, never going anywhere closer to it, walking around trying to see if there's anything behind it, anything there. Yeah. There's no reason a bush should make a noise like that. And it wasn't a bear noise. I've heard bear grunts in the woods. I've, I've, I'm used to black bear. This was not a bear noise. It certainly wasn't a, a big cat noise. This, would, this thing had a set of lungs. And I'm telling you, I felt it vibrate my entire body when mm. it huffed. And that's when, so I'm standing there in the woods. I flank it. I can't see anything. And then my stomach is all of a sudden doing cartwheels out mm. here in the middle of the woods. My stomach is literally just turned. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no. I had a dry wick bandana. Oh, I miss that bandana. Because there was no, I mean, I just, I found a log and I was just like, my stomach is just, uh, this has got to go. I, everything in me just literally almost pooped myself from this. Not out of fear. It's just that I, it rattled my entire body. Yeah. So once that was over with, I just started kind of investigating the area that I was in. I just started looking around. I didn't want it to know that I was running away from it. I just wanted to know, hey, hey, I'm here too. I'm not going yeah. anywhere. I'm not coming yeah. towards you, but I'm not going anywhere either. And that's when, if you've got the pick, um, I found one of the tributaries coming into the main creek. I found what looked like a print to me. And there were actually... To uh, Mr. Steenberg's credit, there were actually multiple prints, but this one was the most perfect that I found. And I've got two shots of the same print, um, about 14 inches in length. So I measured it before I took the picture of it. And yet that, that's a much clearer picture. So the heels to the right and then the big toe is to the left, about 14 inches from heel to the mm -hmm. end of the toe. 
mid-tarsal break right in the center ahead of it and it was probably about a stride of i would say about 58 to 60 inches that, that i did measure out was another impression it just wasn't beautiful it wasn't a good picture taking yeah. impression and there was one behind it this was kind of a tributary just runoff creek going into the main creek that headed out and since it was about 14 inches and i thought that was, that's about the exact same size as the one that steve and uh what was, what was the guy's name that did, had the apple orchard that, that y'all had found steve mm. what well, frank frank yeah frank yeah yeah, yeah had found it was about 14 inches yeah mm. and, and, and at the time i was completely unaware that this was the exact same creek area that steve had found his print not me frank uh, frank had found frank in that found area it. and the and the other thing too is and the interesting thing is is that in 2000 i was brought to this area in 2000 by john he had you know he had passed he's passed away back in fortunately john passed away in 2013 um but uh i I'm sorry, 2014, he passed away. So died very young, uh, cancer, horrible story. But John and his wife were uh, hiking that creek, mm -hmm. off the trail, hiking the creek, when something aggressively started to scream at them. And they, they turned around. They said, right, okay, we got to get out of here. As they're walking out, they could catch out of the corner of his eye. You could catch it moving tree to tree, kind of paralleling yeah. for, for quite some distance, about a quarter of a mile. So yeah, the 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 same tributary, and it's always been my belief that's where they're kind of hanging out down there, is where you had walked in inadvertently. And, so. and the, to to the point, um, from a hunting aspect, it's a beautiful area for an ambush. You've got hills on either side, so later at night, because it was a little bit sunny in the area, the first shoots of spring were going to come up in this valley. They were yeah. watered by the creek. So any fresh shoots that were coming up, deer were going to congregate in that valley, which was likely why the deer were sleeping on the hillside, because right. that's where they were going to come and get breakfast at, at night later yeah. that night. So hiding in a bush or setting up even a triangulated ambush, if there was more than one, would be the ideal place to mm -hmm. grab a deer. I, I was literally looking at it from a standpoint of being a hunter, that this is a perfect spot for an ambush as I'm standing right in the middle yeah. of the ambush spot. All alone. Yeah, those but, little uh, those little valleys and uh, uh, creeks that run up, we call them branches. You know, uh, just a, a little tributary going into a larger body of water. I think that's such a great place because, man, there's so much food of it. In Kentucky, those the mushrooms grow. You know, on either one side or the other. I think, I think it's usually on the east side. From you know, if you got your compass out, uh, and uh, they're just loaded with mushrooms this time of year too. So, yeah. We might be able yeah. to grab us some mushrooms, Steve. Have some dry land fish. Hmm. But this was the one day of the week where the sun actually came out. I never yep. did. I never did see Lake George. I never made it past <laughs> that point. I stayed oh, in the area, man. you know, 25, 30 minutes. But yeah. finally, because I've had the heebie-jeebies before. I've, I've, I've had that sense where you don't belong here. You need to get out. And I didn't right. have that here. But still, I did make my way away from the area and back to camp because I was like, I've, I've got to share this story. Whatever's right. behind the bush is not going to show itself. And I can't bring myself 
you know, had, had any other person, had Wayne been there, I'd have been charging into the bush like Lancelot, you know, just foolishly, you know, oh, tell my story and tell my no, wife I love her, you know, but I'm by myself and, you know, I wouldn't have been found for weeks. There's no oh, way. Yeah, the only thing we would have found is his underpants. They would have found the bandana floating down the creek, you know. No, you know, Jim, I think that's a mistake, man. I mean, I, personally, I don't want to force a reaction uh, from anything, whether it be from a black bear or a Bigfoot. Uh, you don't want to force a reaction because, hey, this you're dealing with a wild creature. Okay. Wild I've, lived, I've lived a good life. I have the opposite. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? If I die from, from Bigfoot, then I die from Bigfoot, you know. Uh, but if there's somebody there to witness it, then there is a story to tell. Yeah, by myself, there is dead men tell no tales. So I had no choice but to to just try and flank this bush to see what's on the other side. And I never saw anything. Yeah. But I felt that huff in my bones. I can imagine that feeling. Uh, I've had a similar thing happen to me while fishing in New Mexico, you know, you know, turn around and out, out, out walks a black bear out of the bushes like, uh, what now? You know? <laughs> yeah. So this is how I die. Yeah. Well, I'm going to hit you with my fishing pole if you come over here. That's all I had. Oh, man. I had a moment like that in Mammoth Caves. You're talking about Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, back before squatching, I was in the mountain biking, and Mammoth Caves said they had set up this brand new mountain bike trail. Yeah. So yeah. I got a I got a map, and, and it, was, it was great. I'm going to mountain bike, and I'm going to do this loop. I saw the loop. Yep. It wasn't a mountain bike trail. It was a horse trail that they said, you're now a mountain bike right. trail. Right, yeah. Two different animals all together. Yep. So I'm biking all day. I go through all my water. I go through all my trail mix. I finally come to a crossroads where I can identify where I'm at on the map because it's got this trail this way, this trail this way. Right. I'm thinking I'm almost back to my car around because I've gone all day. I've gone this far yeah. on the map. <laughs> Mammoth Caves. Right is enormous thank god i found some horse people that actually gave me a ride back to my car which took like 45 minutes to get to and I literally i'm looking at the map and i'm looking at this cross sign i said well this so this is how i die yeah they uh they, they they've created some uh biking paths and uh they of course you know this was like a work in progress i think they may be completed by now but they started out like you know they hire the uh, high school kids to work during the summer and they go out and like chop a trail and that's basically all you got at first. And then they come along with the wheelbarrows of gravel and nobody, eventually gravel it, you know? Yeah. Nobody <laughs> realizes that mammoth caves, they go there for the caves. You get on a yeah. bus and you go to the entrance and you do the caving things, but yeah. nobody realizes that all that is underneath this giant state park. Yeah. It's a pretty good sized park. But then again, you look at the Adirondacks. Oh, yeah. Inside the Adirondacks about 20 times, probably. Yeah, and that's how I felt all alone up there. So I got back <laughs> I got back to camp, and I told my tale, and uh, then it started to rain again. <laughs> yep. I, I have a cave now on my property. I'm, I'm thinking about maybe getting somebody to explore it, maybe open it up for tourist trade. oh man so that was friday that was friday that 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 all happened and it started to rain again and we all just looked at each other with that look and said oh man i'm done the tv crew had wrapped at that point they were done so we were out there for us at that point yep and i remember we all just we threw in the towel and said let's go find a hotel and a nice warm bed 
That was the best night of sleep I've ever had in my <laughs> life, Steve. Yeah. We got a pizza. Well, it was a mom and pop pizza shop right across the street from the hotel. And we all got like our own little pizza to take to our room. I woke up the next morning. No lie. The plate of pizza was still on my chest. I had only eaten half the first slice. <laughs> I literally got through half the first slice and went directly into a coma after a yeah. warm shower. And I actually achieved normal body temperature and not hypothermia. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve packing up his tent. Oh my word. <laughs> Because your tent was basically for the night of the the tech night. Your tent was Grand Central Station. It was freaking. <laughs> it was disaster. wrecked. It was yeah. a disaster area. He's kicking it around. He's blankety blank blank blanking all over the woods, and he got so upset. Like there was a bunch of dead batteries. He threw the dead batteries on the fire. So within five <laughs> minutes, we're dodging legitimate projectile missiles. Blue flame lithium missiles flying <laughs> through the air. We're running for our lives from batteries. And I'm standing there watching it. <laughs> oh, man. <coughs> I love putting batteries in fires. <laughs> and the biggest disappointment from that whole trip is that when uh, the next morning I, I headed home and I left the pizza in the fridge in the hotel room. I forgot to bring the pizza home with me. Oh, man. I paid $12 for a half a slice of pizza. Oh, man. Dang. That's the biggest disappointment of the whole trip. Everything else was good. Oh, dude, yeah. You know, I'm kind of frugal, man. So that would have, like, done me the whole way home, you know. Don't yeah, that, was, that was my exact plan. The first time <laughs> yeah. I stopped for gas, I'm like, okay, now I can have me a slice of cold pizza. Yeah. Oh, crap. And, Jeff, that was just one of many adventures I've had up there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we told the tales around the fireplace about all the adventures that had happened up there, and uh, and there was still more to come after that. I mean, really, yeah, you know, it was like, such a great area. The following year was the year of the eyeshine pictures, you know, where I'd gotten pictures of eyeshine, and I don't know if you've seen any of those. Um, let me just, uh, I'll call one up here real quick, but uh, there. There it is. And there was one right there. And actually, it had started back here. And uh, it was reddish back here, but then it had moved. It actually moved closer. And I was I think I was getting a profile view of, you know, one back. Of course, just out of the friggin', you know, the light in the camera. But, you know, that's not sitting on a branch. There's no tree to sit on a branch over there. That's not that it was over. That was actually over in this area a little bit lower. And that, mm. like I said, that's the downhill grade. Yeah. So it was walking That's up something it, tall. It actually got closer to us as I was snapping pictures. We could hear it, but every time we'd walk out, they'd move back. So finally, mm -hmm. I just said, you know what? I took my flash camera, bang, 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 bang. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that was the end result. So, um, one of the I wanted to kind of vindicate myself on, if anyone has actually seen the show, because I think Discovery Networks owns it now. And every now and then, I'll have somebody message me and say, hey, dude, I, I just saw you on TV. You were on Destination America. I just yep. saw you on television. When, when was this? I was like, oh, my God, that was 2012. Yeah. The Varmint segment. The Varmint. The Varmint segment of the show did not go as it was portrayed on TV. I don't know so, if I've seen that one yet. So the, it's, in, it's in the show por portion of it where I'm the FLIR expert mm -hmm. and... It's actually Steve yelling out, ho, 
but they made it seem like I'm yelling out ho and everybody's running over to me because I've got a Sasquatch on the Fleer. And then it turns out it's a raccoon. We actually knew it was a raccoon the whole time. I was showing them the advantages of the camera, of the FLIR camera, and how well it pointed it out. They edited it to make it look like I had a Sasquatch. But boy, they when the TV crew showed up, they just found out it was just a daggum varmint. A varmint. Yeah, and well, I did not like that portion of the whole program. Well, yeah, you got to allow them a little bit of leeway for entertainment purposes. Yeah, editing, you know, we gave them a lot more gold than just that during that. Yeah. During the, there was a lot of stuff that we taped that never. Well, they were there. they were mixing some of the uh, the daytime sighting stuff that that Wayne and Melissa had had to that one going back. So I think that's what they ended up using that with and from the very get-go the very beginning of the show you see wayne yelling into the woods but it's actually me doing the howl yeah they put my audio over wayne's picture doing the howl so right from the get-go it was like okay and they they didn't they didn't want me in my car they didn't want me in the car Oh, I, did, I wasn't going to bring that up, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, I, they they wanted me to drive Jeff's Jeep. They're like, "Do you think he'll mind? Can you ask your buddy? Because it, it, it'd be I, so I'm much sorry, more I manly." Key, I didn't have a Kia Soul then. I had a Kia Forte then. I, had the it, I mean, car. you were so yeah. proud of that car. You, you were so proud. That of that. You're like, I take that thing everywhere, and they're like, "Yeah, but we really want to like film the Jeep." So my Jeep is yeah. very prominent in the whole yeah. TV show as as Steve's vehicle. That's my. <clears throat> I normally drive a car, but I'll tell you something. Oh, oh man, next, I'm, I'm a Jeep. Vehicle, you know what I'm, I'm looking at for my next vehicle? Hmm. I'm looking at the Bronco Sport. There's the new one. Bronco. The new Bronco Sport. Oh, the Badlands edition. The Badlands edition, I heard, can hoover pretty damned good. So, not that oh, I, I go off trail too much. Oh, come but, on, dude. Get you one of those new electric Hummers coming out. I uh, know. I'm thinking about getting on the waiting list for them things. Those no, things I hate good. to drive anywhere and then have to stop for two hours to plug it in. Well, so, yeah, yeah, it's pain, pain, but well, you know, we got to love the environment, you know. So anyway, we are at. Geez, look at the time. We got three minutes left. Did it fly by that fast? <laughs> Flew no. by that fast. It's almost it's three minutes to eleven. We get we gotta go into blog here, talk man. overtime. Huh? We got to go into blog talk overtime. <laughs> yeah. When we get shadow on here, time flies. Sure does. And that's just one of the stories that we have, you know. Yeah, we didn't talk about my sighting. We didn't talk about like anything else. No. That's just. Yeah, we'll have to get you back on, and we'll talk about other stuff. We can definitely talk uh, about other stuff. That was that was quite the trip, and it's amazing that we can, you know, we can reminisce and talk about it, and you know, that's some of the things that go on, and um, you know, for me, that's that's my backyard, and um, you know, for many years, from like 2010 through. About 2014, it was pretty hopping. It died off in 2014, but we're kind of hoping that it's going to pick up again this year. So we shall see. Uh, I'm not quite sure why. I have my suspicions, but um, nothing to do with the government. So, um, well, it was great to be invited just to go along and be an entire part of that. I've never forgotten it, and it's now part of any presentation that I do about nice. Bigfoot because it's I can never tire of talking about the whole night. Yeah, that was quite the uh, that was quite the trip. I, I mean, one of my favorites, you know, one of my one of my favorite acts because so much happened. So, Western New York Bigfoot Research Organization organization says, "I love my Jeep, '99 Wrangler yep. Sahara." Never, Never give, give it up. up. That's yep. right, man. A Jeep is the way to go. Yep. So, 
<laughs> so anyway, Jeff, I uh, want to pitch your uh, organization real quick. And- uh, well, I mean, if you want to find us on Facebook, it's literally uh, Bigfoot in the CSRA. That's our Bigfoot Facebook page. Definitely go and check out uh, Cliff and Bobo's Bigfoot and Beyond. I'm really hoping when things subside, we're going to get a lot more video on that YouTube. Uh, I'm active in my YouTube right now. And my squatching buddy here is also currently blissfully unemployed. So we are hoping to get into the woods ourselves and get some of our own video up to go. But Bigfoot in the CSRA and uh, the shadow knows is my 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 fan page. So I don't accept friend requests from anybody that I haven't met personally, but I will uh, direct them to the page. What's the YouTube uh, account name we need to look for? Uh, If, if you're looking for my YouTube account is it's K A P three, one, five I N C cap three fifteen Inc. If you search that, you'll see my beautiful face pop up (laughs) (laughs) and then hilarity will ensue. Well, thanks, Jeff, for coming on tonight. Stick around uh, after the show. We'll chit-chat a a few seconds more. Yes, sir. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And, uh, folks, uh, Chris, you want to do your thing here? I I, want to thank uh, Mr. Jeff Thomas for coming on. We appreciate having the shadow on, and always always a pleasure. Thank you, our lovely audience. Uh, Great questions, guys. Thanks again. Uh, Remind everybody, if it's the first time watching on YouTube, please hit the like, share, subscribe button. Help us out on the search algorithm so people can find us. And on behalf of me and everybody here at Squatch DTV, we want to wish everybody a happy, healthy, and great week. Next week, we should be having um, on, uh, I believe we're going to have on Crystal Panic uh, next week from New Hampshire, uh, BFRO investigator and uh, longtime Sasquatch researcher. So it'll be a fun time to have her on the show, first time guest. But again, everybody be safe out there. Of course, God bless and keep on squatching. We'll catch you all next week here, Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on the channel. Hey, folks, you've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless and keep on squatching.